good morning. We're so glad you guys are here with us. If you're new, we're especially excited you guys are here. Or if you're watching online, because it's Labor Day weekend or listening to this podcast later, we're so glad you guys are here with us. Uh, we just ended our mixtape series, which is one of my favorite series that we've done in a long time. Uh, we're kind of in between series. We've got a series we're starting next week called The Mountains, and we're super excited about that. In October, we have a series that I'm super excited about called Spooky, and for five weeks, I'm going to tell you all the really weird stories in the Bible, and we're going to look at them. So it's going to be a lot of fun, but today we are in between, and uh, so we're in between series, and so I want to take some time, and it's, we're going to talk about rest today, and I'm telling you, I need some rest uh, be honest with you. So uh, Monday night, we were in Dawson Springs down there uh, doing some relief work from the tornado victims with a group of people. And we were in this church in these dorm rooms. And he may be watching, but it's okay. I'll tell you the story anyway. And my father-in-law, Steve, you know, um, so I'm one of these people, if you snore, I don't like you at all because I am a light sleeper. And so even like when we go on trips, when we go to Guatemala or we go on conferences, like I'll look at the person I'm room with. I was like, do you snore? And if they're like, yeah, I'll go to the leader and be like, I can't sleep with this person. Like, I need another room. So my father-in-law snored. He didn't know if he snored. He snores. Steve, you snore. And so I got like an hour of sleep. And the other guy in the room with us, Rick, he was like, did you sleep last night? And I was like, nope, not me either. So we didn't sleep. And then um, Friday night, we were at the lake. And my nephew, uh, he doesn't do well with, he's on a schedule, you know, that type of thing. And, and so he stayed up later and he was in an unfamiliar environment. And so he did not sleep on Friday night. And because he did not sleep, he wanted to make sure that nobody in the house slept either. And so there were two nights this week I didn't get any sleep. And then I drove back late last night to be with you guys today. And I need a nap. And uh, so uh, I really do. And so I have like low energy today. So it's good we're talking about rest. It's also Labor Day weekend. And so part of this series, the reason I want to talk about this today was I had no idea what Labor Day was about. You know, does anybody actually know what Labor Day is about? Like we just think it's like the end of the summer, you know, they're taking our fun away, but it's actually this holiday and there's a reason that we have Labor Day and they were working people to death and all of this stuff. And eventually they said, we need a day off. And so they eventually gave them the day off through the unions and eventually it became a national holiday and there's this whole story about it and all that. So that's why we have Labor Day. But essentially it was a day about where these people were being worked to death, literally. And, and their union representative said, hey, we should have more time off for people to do things that matter that's not just work. And so eventually this became a holiday. And, and I think that it's one of these subjects that you've probably never heard a sermon about what we're going to talk about today. Um, and I do want to say a couple things first, because I think the tendency, especially if we do start talking about this, is for people to kind of ignore um, what I'm talking about because of kind of our, our mottos here in America and the way we view work and the way we do work and that type of thing. So start with some statements. First of all, I do believe you need to find some meaningful work in your life or you're going to go crazy. Okay, you need to find something, whether it's your vocation or something you do as a volunteer or something you commit yourself to. When God created man, the first task he gives us is to take care of and maintain this world we've been given. And so whether you like it or not, work has been there since the beginning. And I do think that work matters and us working matters and us putting our hands and our minds to use actually matters. Part of that is because we see that God created and then he also creates us to create. So God kind of starts the process of creating the world. And then he gives us the ability ourselves to create. And I believe that we need to find stuff in our lives that we're passionate about. And that it's only when we find our full purpose, when we're helping this ongoing story of creation, when we ourselves create things. So I think work is actually really important. Second, 
I believe laziness is a real problem. All right, And I, I do think it's a problem. The Bible talks about people that are lazy, and it's never good. So just so you know, if you're lazy, the Bible does address this, and it's never good. I will say this and probably get in some trouble. I'm a little worried about some of the generations <laughs> that are coming up, and I think they're going to right the ship. They live in a different world than we do, but I, I'm a little worried about it. But laziness is never a good thing. I believe that when you find something that you're going to do, and I tell my staff this all the time, and they probably hate hearing me say it, um, if you're going to do something, do it well. And if you're not going to do it well, then let somebody else do it, okay? Because if we're not going to do it to the best of our ability, let's just not do it. And so I think that laziness is not a good thing. Um, so I think a couple of things. And then third, I also believe the best thing you can do for yourself is sometimes get outside of yourself, which means the idea that realize it's not about you, that realize that, that giving of yourselves is important. And I believe that it's divine and something that's created in, within us not to make everything about ourselves, okay? And so I think work is really important. I think that we need to find meaningful work in our, our lives. I think that laziness is not a good thing. And, and I think along with laziness, if we're not going to do something well, we then let somebody else do it. Do it to the best of your ability. And the Bible talks about that. But I tell you all of that because of what I'm going to say next. Because I don't want you to hear that, oh, Jeremy just thinks we should all get like a cup of coffee and go take a nap all day. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. Okay, but I do think if we're honest with ourselves, and, and I got to say this about myself, so I can only speak of myself. The current pace of life that I find myself at is not sustainable, okay? It's just not. In fact, I'll go ahead and tell you, this week alone, there is not a free night that I have. And I'm not saying this for sympathy, but between sports practices and meetings and all of these other things, there is not a free night. And so I work all day, and then I got to take my kids to their sports practices, which I'm the dummy that coaches their sports, so that's on me. But all of these things, and I got to say, like, I think I have it easy. Some people, they tell me their schedule, and I'm like, how do you do that? Like, how do you do this all of the time, okay? A while back, I was looking at a typical... New York Times did this study, and I Googled it and found some other studies like this. But they were saying, here's a typical 24-hour day. So this is how we spend our day as average Americans. So for the first thing, we work about eight hours a day. Most of us do. Okay, We work about eight hours a day. Some of you longer, some of you shorter. But the average is about eight hours a day. On top of that, we're in our car about one to two hours a day. So we're driving somewhere, driving to work, driving home from work, setting in traffic. Um, we're setting in the car rider line, which I'm convinced is from Satan himself. And car rider lines are insane. It is, if you have a kid in elementary school, you know what I'm talking about. It's terrible. Uh, we watch TV two to three hours a day. Uh, eating or waiting on someone to prepare our food is around two hours a day. Uh, internet or social media is one to two hours a day. I saw this got updated to two to three hours a day that we spend on the internet, whether it's on Amazon or ESPN, picking our fantasy football teams, or we're on social media. Um, exercise or thinking about exercise and not doing it, about a half an hour a day. Uh, friends and on our phone, so this is even different than social media. This is friends or phone calls not related to work, about one hour a day. And then if you have kids or taking your kids to activities, um, the average is about two hours to three hours a day we spend doing that. Now, if you add up all of the math of what I just told you, our typical average day is, what you find is that it comes out to 26 hours. Now, there's a problem. We only have 24. And there's even a bigger problem. Did you notice what was omitted from that list? Sleep. 
So some of us, we literally, if we did this every day, we could fill a 26-hour day, which doesn't exist, with things that we're doing, and yet we still haven't slept. One of my favorite authors and speakers, Bob Goff, says, it's easy to confuse a lot of activity with a lot of progress. We think if we're really busy and doing a lot of things, that we're really advancing, but we're not actually getting anywhere. Many of us live with no margin in our schedules. We live with no margin in our finances. Do you know what living with no margin does? It creates stress. Have you noticed when someone asks you, at least me, if you ask me, and I apologize if I've done this because it's always my response. If you ask me how I'm doing, do you know what my new response is? It used to be fine. I'm fine. We're good. You know, you know what the new response is? Busy. How are you doing? Oh, we're busy, but it's good. We're good. It's good. It's busy. Okay. It's not always good, right? But that's just what we say. It's busy. It's good. You know, we're busy all the time. Now, we've all heard the research that shows us the effect of stress and busyness in our life, but we also live in a culture that tells us we have to do more, be more, achieve more, and so it's more, more, more. And so we all want to live full lives with meaning and purpose, but the question is, does busyness often rob us of actually living up to our potential? So here's the question for us. When it comes to our schedules, when it comes to our life, how do you know when you're reaching your limit? Okay? How do you know? And I'm going to tell you this. If you are over capacity, you will find out pretty soon. Or someone in your life can tell you right now. You're over capacity. So signs of this, according to a couple articles I read, signs of being overly um, busy or overly stimulated with your schedule or just all of this, the first one can be an inability to control your own emotions, okay? So when we get to this place where we're just busy, 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 we're always going, we're always going, there's no margin in our life, sometimes it creates this world where we have the inability to actually control our emotions. So for example, if you feel anxious about a lot of things, um, if you feel irritable. You ever know somebody's just angry all the time, right? Don't elbow them. You're angry all the time. Part of that may be because they don't have margin in their life. And so they're always worried about how they're going to fit everything in, or they're irritable and angry because they know this thing's coming up and there's no rest, there's no margin for all of this. And so often if you know someone that has the ability to control your emotions and it's not tied to something that's happened in their life or something traumatic or something they're actually going through, often that's an easy sign that someone may be stressed and a lot of that may be because of the schedule that they are. Another way that oftentimes we can tell that we're in this part of our life or in this season of our life where we're overly busy is we, we don't take care of ourselves, a lack of self-care, right? We're so busy. Last year, for example, my son, uh, I had to work all day and then we had him playing football and soccer. My daughter was playing soccer and in gymnastics all at the same time on top of my regular job here at the church, then obviously doing counseling for people in the afternoons and doing all of these things. And it was in the fall, which has become the new summer when it comes to wedding seasons. So I had all these weddings that I was working on. My wife is a guidance counselor to school. They were just coming out of COVID. I mean, it was all the time we had something that we were doing. And what we realized is like five nights a week, we were eating fast food. Not because we like fast food, not because we think fast food is good, not because it's good for our budget. It was because we didn't have any time. And so we're eating food and we're putting off working out and we're doing all of these things. We were not taking care of ourselves, 
right? Another sign that you may be a little bit full on your schedule, and I'm going to hurt some feelings here, so just know this, um, is when you have the inability to be on time, right? Yeah. I'll just leave it at that, okay? So when you have the inability to be on time, it may mean that you're not stewarding your time and your energy well, and so you need to make sure that you're taking a look at that, all right? Another sign that, that maybe that you are at this place where you don't have any margin in your life when it comes to things is you're self-medicating, right? Because the demands of life become too much, the stress of life becomes too much, and so you start to self-medicate. And so you can self-medicate in several different ways. Some people, we overeat. Some people, it's through drugs or alcohol. Self-medicating can take on other forms, too many hours on social media because you you don't want to have to deal with reality, so you spend all this time in a non-real reality or watching too much television instead of getting the much-needed sleep that you have. And and so these are all signs that, that maybe it sounds weird, but you're adding things to your life because you're actually already so busy. There's this quote that I heard not too long ago from somebody. They, they said, I'll rest when I die. You ever heard anybody that has that mentality? It's kind of an American thing. I'll rest when I die. Well, good news. It may happen sooner than you think, okay, if you don't get proper rest. It's linked to all kinds of things and sort of including sickness and disease and chronic sickness and all of these things. We have seen, you know, Jesus talks about before, he talks about can worrying add an hour to your life? And the answer is no. And thanks to modern medical science, we know it actually takes away from your life. Okay? And so, yeah, if you want to have that attitude, I'll rest when I die. Well, good news, it may be sooner than you thought. Another kind of symbol that that maybe you don't have enough rest in your life or enough margin in your life is you start neglecting important relationships. You have let your schedule let down the people that are closest to you, your husband, your children, close friends, family, colleagues. Last year, I told you about last fall, what I found that was not healthy, and this is not healthy in case you don't know this, I found that the only conversations I was having with my kids was when I'm driving and they're in the back seat because we had no time. We had no time to sit down and talk and do things. And then you get home at the end of the night and you got to take showers and get ready for bed because you got to start the whole thing over again. And so I was neglecting some of the most important relationships in my life. And then because we're at church, but I do think this is a big one, for a lot of us it becomes one of these things where we neglect God. Now I don't want to call anybody out, but I've seen this pattern. Do you know that when you're busy... For a lot of us, one of the first things that we decide we don't have time for is church, right? We've had a busy week. We have a busy weekend. It's Sunday morning, right? You know what? I would really just think it'd be better if we just didn't go today. And I'm not faulting you. I get it. Believe me, there's a lot of Sundays I wish I didn't have to be here, right? But it wouldn't work. And so one of the things we often do is we neglect God, And so these are all signs that maybe if you found yourself in any of those kind of seasons or any of those kind of patterns, that maybe you're on the edge of burnout. And so let me assure you this. What if, what if resting is actually a spiritual exercise? In fact, what if one of the most spiritual things you could do today is to actually take a nap? What if one of the most spiritual things you could do today is to put your calendar aside and just have a meal with your family? Here's another question, and you should be able to answer this. What kind of person do you become when you're lacking rest? 
do you become a more positive person? Do you become a more resourceful person? Or is it the other way? What if one of the most important things that come to mind when you think of spiritual disciplines is actually resting? So when you think about your life, where does resting fall on your list of priorities? And I would say for most of us, it would fall pretty low. Now, some of us, we got this one down, don't we? Right? A little too much, all right? And again, we're not talking about you. We're talking about the other people. So some biblical examples of rest. First of all, God himself. In Genesis chapter 2, we see that in this creation story, the Bible tells us, regardless of how you think that came into being, we see that God creates. And in Genesis chapter 2, here's what he says. By the seventh day, God had finished his work. On the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. God blessed the seventh day. He made it a holy day because on that day, he rested from his work, all the creating that God had done. And so here's the most important kind of just kind of out there statement. If God himself needed a day of rest, what makes you think you don't, right? Second of all, God wants rest for his people. So we see not only does it start with this idea that God himself rests, which is a good idea for us to put into practice, but then in Exodus 20, when when God is actually giving kind of these laws, and we're going to talk about this in the next series, The Mountain, but here's what he says in 8 through 11. Observe the Sabbath day. So the Sabbath is a day of rest, in case you're not familiar with that that kind of terminology. It's a Jewish kind of idea, but we kind of ended it, but probably something we should kind of come back to. Keep it holy. Work six days and do everything that you need to do. So again, he's not talking about being lazy. Do what you need to do in life. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to God, your God. Don't do any work, not you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your servant, nor your maid, nor your animals, not even the foreign guests visiting in your town. So then it becomes like this command of God. Like we all need rest, okay? We saw a couple of weeks ago when we, we talked about um, Elijah, that Elijah, when he found himself in a season of stress, what does God tell him to do? Go and rest in the cave. Go and take a nap. Go and sleep. Some examples from Jesus. Mark chapter 6, there's this interesting passage where Jesus had sent out the disciples, and here's what it says. The apostles, they're coming back. They gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. So they're doing important work. These are not lazy guys. But they're doing really important work. And in fact, they're, they're really, ready. they're really busy. And then because, this is how we know they're busy, so many people were coming and going because they're doing really good stuff. And so all these people are coming and going and wanting to hear about Jesus and see what Jesus is doing and see what these disciples are doing. They don't even have a chance to eat. And so Jesus says to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Even in the midst of doing really important work, Jesus himself pulls his disciples aside and said, hey, this, 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 this pattern we're going at, this schedule we're at, this is not sustainable, and so let's go away and let's get some rest. We see after Jesus feeds the 5,000, this amazing kind of story in the Bible that he leaves and he goes to a place to be by himself and to rest. We see in these big moments right after Jesus preaches to this large crowd that there's this storm that comes on the, this, the sea when the disciples are out there at sea. And, and there's this kind of this moment. But where is Jesus while the storm is coming and the disciples are freaking out? Where's he at? He's in the bottom of the boat taking a nap, right? Rest is really important. 
Mark chapter 1, verse 35, when Jesus is getting started, it says, while it was still night, way before the dawn, he got up, went out to a secluded spot by himself, and he rested, and he prayed. And Simon comes looking for him, and here's what he says. Are you ready? Because this is the line. It's not up there, but here's what he says. Everybody's looking for you. You ever had that moment? You're just trying to take a nap, and everybody's looking for you? Jesus himself knew that rest was important. He also knew the type of rest that he got was important. So we not only see him resting, but we also see for Jesus, it was really important for him. Part of his, his kind of season of rest, these periods of rest, is he has to reconnect to the Father. And so he's praying, he's spending time, he's doing this because he knows what it is that he needs to recharge. And so here's the question for you. When it comes to rest, our first thought is sleep, isn't it? That's what you think. You think I'm talking about taking a nap. But for some of us, right, Maybe that's not what we're talking about. Maybe rest is this idea of putting things into your life that recharge you. And so what does rest or recharging look like? Okay. Now, there's two types of people that we got to know what we talk about. There's extroverts and introverts, right? All right. If you're an extrovert, who's an extrovert, right? Yeah, you don't have to raise your hand. I already know, okay? All right, I can tell you. If you're an introvert, you're like, I do not want to raise my hand, all right? So everybody that was like, put their hand in their pocket right then, you're an introvert, all right? So extroverts and introverts, people that, that like to do. So know who you are, okay? For me, because of my job, I'm around people all of the time, but I'm actually an introvert. And so for me to recharge is I like to go to Burnham Forest and spend some time by myself. You know, last night when I came home, you know, for some people, <laughs> spending a night in your home by yourself sounds terrible, doesn't it? For me, it was glorious, right? It was just great to just get some time by myself. And so know what recharges you, all right? And so you have to plan for it. Grab rest where you can, when you can, right? I believe, okay, that everybody should be able to take a vacation, and I know for some people that's not affordable or whatever. I'm not saying you have to go to the beach or you have to go to Jamaica, but you need some time where you spend some time away from work and you rest and you figure out how that works for you or what that looks like for you. But you need some rest in your life, all right? They say that eight hours of sleep is what we need. Yeah, right, right? Last time you got eight hours of sleep. Again, some of you don't raise your hands. You get it like 12 every day. We get it, okay? But for most of us listening to this, eight hours seems impossible, right? But we also know how important sleep is, right? There's this interesting study that came out a couple years ago that they say that taking naps every day is good. Kindergarten had it figured out, right? 15-minute nap. There's even businesses like Google, you've probably heard about, that have nap pods in their office because they've learned that people are more productive when they have the proper amount of rest. And so you would be probably, because you're part of these studies, you're not different than the people they studied, would be more productive if you had these seasons of rest. And so make sure you grab rest where you can, when you can. Second thing I want to say, and this is going to be hard for you, but this is one of the most important things I've learned when it comes to myself and the rhythm of life to make it sustainable you have to learn how to say no sometimes. You have to. I do not like disappointing people. I like everybody to like me. I like people to think all of these things about me. And you know what that does? It kind of feeds that. And so you feel like you got to say yes all the time to people because if you say no to somebody, then all of a sudden they're not going to like you or they're going to think differently about you. 
And sometimes you have to say no. And I've said this before. Sometimes the reason you have to say no is because you've said yes to other things. I said yes to raising two kids, which means sometimes I have to say no to some of you all because that's my priority, right? So when you say yes to something, sometimes it means saying no to other things. Some of you say yes to everything, and so you're in everything. And so you think that I got to say yes to everybody and everything because I got to say yes, I got to say yes, I got to say yes, yes. Sometimes when you say yes to everything, you're never fully present in anything because you're just going. And so sometimes you have to learn the hard thing of saying no. For some of us, we live in this age of technology. And so when it comes to rest, you need to calendar it. You need to say, on this day, as long as no emergencies come up, I'm taking some time. I'm taking some time to rest, whatever that looks like. Maybe for you, that's going on a date with your wife. Maybe it's going for a run. Maybe it's going for a hike. Maybe it's spending an afternoon with your kids in the pool. Maybe it's taking a trip if you can afford it. Whatever that is, you need to schedule it. Because if you don't, you know what's going to happen? Something's going to come up. And all of a sudden, it's going to take the place of the rest that you need. The last one I want to say about rest is this. Don't distract yourself when it comes to rest. I have found in myself that there are times when I have seasons or moments or hours when I could rest. And do you know what I did this week? So I told you how crazy this week was, right? And I told you I didn't get any sleep on Monday night. I was out of town for two days. I wasn't expecting to be out of town. So on Wednesday night, I got this block after I did some counseling with some people. I had this block of a couple hours where I could actually get some rest, spend some time with my family. Do you know what I did for those two hours? I got on a blog and looked up football players because I had a fantasy football draft the next night, right? And so I had this seat block where I could have actually gotten some rest and I ended up spending that time not doing something that actually provided rest in my life. And so make sure you don't distract yourself, okay? And I, I, I do this too, so I'm not picking on my, you ever got on your phone and it's going to be like, just like, you're going to look this up real quick, or you hear somebody's name, and you're like, I'm going to Facebook stalk them, because that's what we all do for a couple minutes. And next thing you know, you put down your phone, and it's been like two hours. Anybody? You distracted yourself. You had a moment when you could have got some rest, whether that's a nap, spending time with your family, spending some time reading a book, do whatever, and you distracted yourself. So we all need rest in our life, and rest is really important. It's in the Bible. And then I want to say this. For those of us that are Christians, I think one of the patterns we see in Jesus is that for him, it's really important when he's taking these moments to rest or to get away, that he's also spending it with God. That he realizes that God has created him, God has designed him, and he wants to make it the most meaningful he can. And so for him, and hopefully for us, part of that includes getting away taking some time and reconnecting to God. St. Augustine once wrote, You made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. And so for some of us, it's this reminder that we need to make sure we're taking time to actually spend with God. Now, one of the things I want to say about our schedules is this. Most of the things that most of us put into our life are good things. Youth sports are good things. Work is a good thing. Spending time with friends is a good thing. You know, doing these things are good things. The problem is when good things become ultimate things, they ultimately become destructive things, right? 
when we put too much priority and stock in those things and don't take care of ourselves and some of the other things like our spouse or our kids and we say yes to those or to God, those actually become destructive things because the things we've already said yes to, we're now neglecting for these other things. Regular patterns of rest have to incorporate time with God, but also time of things that we prioritize. In Psalm 62, it says this, yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. Okay. Then it says this, my salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock and he's my refuge. A refuge is kind of a place where you go to get away from everything. A safe place. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Did I tell you guys I need a nap? And I do. And I'm going to take one. Because I've learned that the pace that I'm going is not sustainable sometimes. And for some of you, the pace that you're going is not sustainable and you're irritable, and you're stressed, and you're always late for things, right? And so we need to take some time to rest. Your life moves to a better place when you're a more sustainable place. Our relationships, our health, our decisions, our emotions all move to a better place when we find ourselves in a more sustainable place. So maybe for some of you, you need to come up with some hard things. You need to calendar it. You need to figure out what works for you, what works for your family. And you need to ask yourself, is my pace sustainable? And maybe for some of you, it's not asking yourself. You need to ask your kids. You need to ask your spouse and your friends. And maybe for some of you, what you need to realize is maybe the most divine thing you could do today is to take a nap, to rest and to build regular seasons of rest into your life. And so it's Labor Day, and so you got some time, and so what will you do with it? Let's pray.